Whoa, 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 whoa. Welcome to the Netflix Book Club podcast. Welcome back. Please welcome our co-host, Dennis Rooney. I'm Mike Tui. Hey, what's up, everybody? Yeah, baby. Netflix Book Club. Another week, another movie. We're back. Is this episode 102? 102, I think. Maybe 103. I don't know. I think it's 102. Every week, I think about deleting all the previous episodes and starting over from one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you're not about it. I yeah, We'll talk off mic. I mean, I'm kidding, buddy. <laughs> we'll just act like you last episode. <laughs> What did I do last episode? Well, you spoke so far away from the mic, we couldn't hear you half the time. Wow. We made it 10 seconds <laughs> before you pointed out my shortcomings. You know I haven't slept in a week. You know I've beaten myself up over that. Uh, if you haven't listened, go back. Listen to The Adam Project. We The boys go deep. It's a good episode. It's when good you can good hear up. what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good up. I love that we got all the proper equipment to do audio recording, and I'm just swinging the mic around wildly. <laughs> like, what? It's expensive equipment. It could pick it up, right? Oh, you still have to talk into it. Oh, okay. you have to talk into the microphone. All right. All right. Now we know. Technology. Okay. Now we know. Uh, we did a good one this week, a new one. I don't know about a good one. I don't know why I said that off the bat. The movie? It's a, yeah. Yeah. It was a new one, for sure. New release? New release called Windfall. Windfall. You hear that? That was an orange falling off an orange tree. (laughs) (laughs) Which is the definition of windfall. I looked up. I kind of knew what it was. Oh, it was interesting. I I figured windfall meaning you come into all that cash. That's what like the metaphorical meaning is. But like the first definition that comes up in the dictionary is a fruit that has fallen off a tree. Oh. Which I guess back in the day is as good as getting a bunch of money. Yeah. You're just going to spend it on fruit anyway. You got to go pretty far back in the day. (laughs) Pretty far back. (laughs) All right. Windfall, directed by Charlie McDowell. Uh, A man breaks into a tech billionaire's empty vacation home, but things go sideways when the arrogant mogul... Mogul? Mogul? That word's tripped me up before, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, you it's mogul. It's easier. It's mogul. You you make it more difficult. Magual. <laughs> <laughs> when the arrogant mogul and his wife arrive for a last minute getaway. Starring Jason Siegel, Jesse Plemons, Lily Collins, and I'll even throw the gardener in there, Omar Leva. Well, that's it. There's that's it. Four people in the whole movie. Yeah. So you might as well. What's his name? Omar Leva. He gets one plug. I'm not doing it again. <laughs> Omar Leva was the guard. He should get credit because he was pretty good. Oh, he was great. Yeah. Let's let's do it. Let's do a traditional right off the bat. Okay. Tui, stream it or don't stream it. Did you like it? Did you not like it? Did you like it but not enough to recommend it? Where are we at? You can stream this movie. Oh. I did like it. I liked it. The, from the opening scene is a slow crawl in through. You call that a veranda? <laughs> Would you call that a... I guess so. From Long Island, everything's a patio, but I think... (laughs) That's no veranda. That's a patio. (laughs) I think it's a veranda, a courtyard. I didn't see no white plastic chairs. That's a veranda then. And the whole credit sequence, you're just in the veranda or the courtyard, whatever you want to call it. And it's a very, very slow creep in. You don't really ever leave it. And I'm watching that and I'm hooked immediately because I go, something's going to happen in this space. Right. Significant later in the film. So I go, oh, that's cool. That's like an old school movie type of a intro to it and uh so i you know i i knew it was going to be slow paced that sort of sets mm-hmm. that up it sets up that scene for later i love a little foreshadowing why yep. not yeah and uh so i was in from the beginning i i like the isolation i like that there's only four actors three for most of it and then the uh that spanish guy zero I, names in this film i assume you're spanish zero names zero names the cast is as follows jason siegel is nobody yeah we never find out his name uh jesse plemons is the ceo 
Okay. I never get the name. Lily Collins' wife. Wow. Yeah, very, very specific that they did this. And then the the Omar Leva character is Gardener. But hold on. They have a Deb. At one point, he references an, like, um, an affair he might have had previously. And he goes yeah. to his secretary, we have another Deb situation. We have another Deb situation. So Deb gets a name. Deb gets the only... And you know what? I couldn't find who played Deb. Oh, not Deb, rather, but the assistant. The assistant. Yeah, because there's a video phone call. We never see the assistant, yes. but we hear her voice. Correct. Couldn't find a credit on her. Great scene, too. That is a good scene. It's fun. There is, there's some funny scenes in here, and it's they're very subtle, though. And I thought that one was like it was very funny yeah the way they played it it was very you know good I'm gonna uh, give realistic this, i should say i'm gonna give this movie a pass wow and not to say this is one wow. of those situations dude this is one of those situations it's not that i didn't like it i kind of enjoyed it dennis is a contrarian he just loves picking the opposite of what i pick and i get it it's good for the podcast that's not true necessarily so this is a false flag we've been on the same page you're waving a false flag around watch buddy you watch 100 movies a week for a while <laughs> and you're gonna be like fuck this film <laughs> here's why i think you, all right before i say why you could pass on this film i'll give a couple pros okay and i i, I cite this one often 90-minute movie. Short, There short was movie. a trend in Hollywood for like a decade or two where even romantic comedies or like simple movies were an hour 47, two hours long. And now we're coming back the other way where I think, especially with Netflix originals, they like to do a tight 90 now. Yeah, they have the analytics. They know what people are watching. Very true. Very true. So it's, it's concise. The acting is excellent. Great. It's beautifully shot. I'll say that. Charlie McDowell, I looked up some of his other work. He hasn't done any huge, huge productions. He's kind of one of those guys who's done a lot of everything. Okay. He's even done like some acting. He's done plenty of writing, directing, whatever. But this movie, you want to talk about opening shots. I mean, within the first 20 seconds, I have Chinatown blaring like a neon sign in my oh, yeah? head, like Dirk Diggler's name, you know? <laughs> yeah. Because it's so California noir. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got the orange trees. We got this dude walking around not saying anything. It really, like, I kept thinking the music was yeah, very... The, the driving, the coastline, everything. The driving, the yeah. coastline. These are all... I know California noir is not like a necessarily a genre. Well, they shot everything in California and they called it whatever they wanted. Like yeah, right, Hollywood exactly. back in the day, noir is like they're yeah they're in yeah. Italy or the south of France. It's like no, they're in Santa Monica, but okay. Right, and there's there's even some like allusions to water. In my opinion, you know what I mean. Like there's a there's a fountain at one point. Uh huh. Whatever, but overall, it moves very slow. Yep. And it's one of those movies where the whole movie kind of sets up the last 10 minutes. Yeah. There's not... I could have used a couple of beats. Like, there's a little chase scene towards I, the front of the movie. I'll say that the, the suspense that maybe could have been built with all that isolation and the fact that it is a hostage situation like yeah. that. But they made it They made it funny. I mean, it, this, this movie had no business being as funny as it was because it was pretty funny. I thought it was funny. I didn't think it was pretty funny. <laughs> I don't but, understand. <laughs> like there were there were a couple laugh out loud moments, but there was a lot more like oh yeah, kind of smile to myself. Yeah, like oh that's I see what they're doing. very like uh, Cohen Brothers esque at times. Okay, where it's kind of subtle. It's uh, there was a lot of subtlety, and you want to say you know someone could say it was heavy handed with this whole the haves and the have nots, and then right. you have the immigrants who are sort of victimized 
based on the decisions of these other peoples in society. Yeah. But at the same time, I think half the population will watch this movie and not pick up on any of that. So it's like, is it heavy handed? Or- That's a good point, actually, is that there's, there is more going on in this film at, than, there, than you see at surface level. Right. But again, is the average person going to give a shit? Right. Or even notice it? And it's engaging enough. You're, you're waiting for the... And you're right. It all sort of happens in that third act, I would say, yeah. right, right around the gardener's downfall yeah. is where the sort of the the uh you light the fuse for the rest of that movie thank god that happened because if i didn't see some fucking blood at that point yeah i was gonna turn you the would, goddamn thing you were dying for some action i think most people you want to talk about like the 80 20 rule where 80 percent of the population is just a turned off schlub and doesn't really think past anything sure. on the surface level um like they're not gonna they're they're waiting for that gun to go off yes he picked up the gun and yeah. they're like someone's got to get shot uh-huh. and then nobody well somebody eventually gets shot sure but yeah, I think it just moved a little too slow for me. Everyone was great in it, like really good, but it was kind of a COVID movie, which is how it got made. Yeah, that it definitely reeks like COVID. Yeah, that's the whole. One of the things I read was that uh, Jason Siegel kind of had a hand in writing it, and he was proposing the idea because during COVID, it's like we only need well, we need a super small crew. It's one set. We yep. never leave the set. Mm-hmm. Like we can get this done with all these uh, cautions that people are taking. So, you know, and then two years later, I got to watch this fucking 90 minute slow burn yeah. for my podcast. But I liked it, man. I did, too. I a liked it. <laughs> I did. You definitely can watch it. And it all it all works out. There's so I should. Do we have to go through what happens in the movie? Uh, not really. I mean, guy breaks into a tech billionaire's house. He realizes he gets caught on camera before he makes a quick getaway. He winds up having to kidnap them. They're like, we can give you enough money where this all goes away. Things fall apart. That's pretty much it. Right. And then there's some levels of like understanding money, how yeah. much it literally weighs, how much you can actually get wired at one point. I or liked another. that. That was one of my favorite conversations when um, they started like, how much money do you need to restart a full life? Because he at first goes, he's like 150000 and they literally laugh at him. Yes. Which is like, I'm shooting these two in the head right now. Yep. If it was me. It's a <laughs> it's a Doctor Evil scene almost. It's like he's like one million. One They're like one million. <laughs> They're like you can't get anywhere. Like how could you? How could you? How much could you couldn't carry one million? I think one of the reasons I didn't like it as much is because I really didn't feel, and I don't always dislike a movie that's like this, but I didn't feel like I was rooting for anybody. Oh, I was rooting for Jason Siegel to get the money. You were rooting for the nobody. Yeah, nobody to get the money. Yeah. I assumed that it wasn't gonna end well. For uh-huh. him, just because how is that a movie? Right. <laughs> <laughs> this guy holds him hostage, holds them for 24, almost 48 hours, and then just gets away scot-free. Shakes hands and says goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Roll that, credits. That, that seemed insane. Uh, so I figured something would go south for him, but, uh, you know, yeah. what was your question? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I didn't have anybody to root for. I didn't really want to root. So you think you want to root for Jason Siegel? Because he's one of these... You know why I really didn't like Jason Siegel's character? He throws the glass at the beginning of the film. Because at first you think this guy is just like a robber. Yeah. Who knows what he's doing there, but he's kind of like living in the house for a moment. I've read online that he's a squatter. I didn't really get that vibe that he would have been like living there. Well, at the end he does... He couldn't help himself and it ends up not going well for him. But he has to tell him, he's like, you were right. I wanted to see how the other half lived. I wanted wanted to to sit in your house. I wanted to... You know, have that. Well, then why don't you act like the owner of the house and not pee in the shower, you piece of shit? Once he started, first of all, 
it was a standalone shower. It wasn't a bathtub shower. So I'm thinking as he's pissing, he's probably pissing all over his boots, too. That CEO would piss on the couch. He's and pissing get on it. his wife in the bedroom, and, probably. Yes, right on the bed, <laughs> right on the duvet and buying another one on the way home. That guy, yeah. He was a scumbag. And he played it great. Jesse Plemons, great. I enjoyed his work here much more than I did Power of the Dog. Sure. Not that he was bad in Power of the Dog, but this... You know, shows a little bit of range. Oh yeah, he was he was good. He was a real piece of shit. He was a real piece of shit in this movie. But was he? Well, it's the billionaire thing, you know. But he is. He is still a piece of shit. Is he? Yeah, cheating on the girl. Well, she that's the most damning thing in my opinion. Because she, like she's just a you know she's just another piece. He has the whole world at his fingertips. Yeah. He can do anything he wants. She's he another has, like prop piece in his life. He has no respect for him or any of the millions of people that he displaced from jobs. So that's let's let's get into that a little bit because so this tech billionaire is a tech billionaire because they kind of vaguely describe that he's created this algorithm, 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 algorithm. Yeah, you like adding vowels. Your algorithm, <laughs> mogul. Sometimes I sound like the Tinder swindler girl. Tinder he created swindler. a algorithm. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he created an algorithm that essentially helps companies skim the fat off their companies. I mean, there's already. Companies that do this and have they hire people to help them trim down their company fat, but this right. guy just created an algorithm that helps them do it. So tons of people lose their jobs, but also a company becomes more effective. Yeah, I mean it's happening all the time. People are losing jobs, offices realize they can run yeah. with far less people. I always tell people that like automation is coming for almost everybody. You know what I mean? Like yeah. whatever skill set you have, you're probably going to get replaced in the future. Yeah. Does this mean that we don't advance technology because people are going to lose jobs and shit? Do we not move to electrical power because coal miners are losing their jobs? Sure. Like, where do you like, are they really bad? Is this tech billionaire really a bad guy or is he just kind of a jerk because he's socially a jerk? Yeah. Well, he is a huge jerk. He's social. Listen, I agree with that. That's and that's all I meant by he's an asshole. He's a jerk. Not that yeah. he's necessarily a bad person. Yeah. I don't think this guy's evil overall. Yeah. I don't think so either. I think I wouldn't say evil. I think 95% of people come into crazy money like that and after a year or two they're kind of dismissive and short with people and you know yeah you must be so detached from what is considered normal life yeah you're now i mean if you're talking billions you are directly responsible for many people's lives like you can influence things that will affect many many people yeah just because you have that wealth it's pretty wild yeah so money is it evil Tune in next week. <laughs> is money evil? I'll let you know when I get some. <laughs> yeah, right. I have no idea. I have a shoebox with some dollars in it. This is the extent of my. <laughs> Do you? Uh, that's a question I, I. And we'll move back and forth. It don't matter really. But like, uh, yeah, l let me ask you that. You got any money hidden in this apartment, Mike? No. Nodding yes. <laughs> He's nodding yes vigorously. I mean, my mother's an immigrant. You know, that's a very uh, it's a very immigrant. And if you have any family from that, you know, lived through the Great Depression. I didn't think about that. My dad's an immigrant, but I don't think he really hides cash around. Well, he the wouldn't house. tell you. He tells me everything. He wouldn't tell you where the cash is hidden. He'd tell you. No, you don't tell <laughs> anybody. Like, Your dad told me where well, it is. Well, that's why I said no. There isn't. <laughs> I think he would tell. Actually, now that I think about it, there might be a couple hundos hidden in a china vase in a closet. I mean, of course there is. There's got to be. Probably. Yeah, and of they'll course. Forget about it, and then they'll die, and I'll sell it at a garage sale for four dollars <laughs> for a huge net loss. <laughs> <laughs> My mom's just shaking her head at me from the from heaven. There's always money in the. There's always money in the 
Something Jesus related. Oh, okay, know. yeah, I don't know what's in your house. Some white porcelain, uh, uh, precious moments shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, no. Irish people love the white porcelain, man. White porcelain, yeah. white porcelain. I have a ton of shit. I've told my parents like cherubs, this. like the little babies with the uh, kind of, but more like like a teapot that you'll never ever use. That's oh made of porcelain. yeah, my grandma's some Irish. Some we got some of those, or just like a jug. That's white porcelain. Oh, like a stein? A stein. One of those, yeah. Eh, I don't know if we really have steins. Okay. But we have a ton of shit like that, both Irish and Jesus-related. Tchotchkes. Tchotchkes, exactly. And I've told my mom, I'm like, listen, when you die, I'm not keeping this shit. Like, I don't know what you expect me to do with it. Why do you got to be such a pill, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Why can't your mom just have some delicates around the house? Tui coming out with the 1940s references. You You know, Mrs. Rooney... I know what you're getting for Christmas this year. <laughs> well, she told us at one point, she was like, listen, I don't need any more Jesus stuff, and I don't need anything else that's Irish. And I was like, so you agree you have okay. too much shit. All right. But, you know, I, I, you know, when they die, what am I supposed to do? I'm not going to keep it. Yeah. I wear all black. I can't have white porcelain hanging up <laughs> in my apartment. But yeah. nevertheless. Right. I mean, you, you wish that you hold on long enough, they're worth money, but. They're no, not, they're not. this shit ain't going to be worth money. <laughs> but I guess I will have to go through all those little uh, vessels to make sure there's not a couple hundos stuck around in there. Yeah, I bet there's some money lying around somewhere. I'm very brazen keeping my money in my apartment. I got a uh, Poland Spring jug that's just filled with cash and change. Cash and change. Yes, a lot Whoa, of cash. that's chaotic. Most people just do change. Yeah. I throw paper currency wow. in there all the time. <laughs> And uh, I also have, I have, uh, I've told this before, I don't think on this podcast, but like I have chiseled out a fist size hole in the side of it. So like I can take out money if I need to, I can go in and grab some bills, but I will scrape the shit out of my hand in doing so. So it's like, I got to make the judgment. Like, do I really need this? Right. Cause it's going to scratch up my arm. Like oh I was trying God. to pet a, a cat that's violent. Oh my God. But now you put it all in crypto, right? You're not still putting those bills in there. No, I keep some, I keep a little liquid. Okay. Keep a little liquidity keep a little, in the apartment. Keep a little liquid. I had a buddy in high school, <laughs> Italian, of course. You want to know who hides money? Those Ginzo. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> I don't know if you can say that. I said it. I had this friend in high school one day. I'm hanging out in his room, and uh, somehow it came up where I was like, hey, I keep my money in my sock drawer. Classic amateur shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? He goes, dude, you can't do that. He lifts up his keyboard, stack of hundreds. Right under the keyboard. Right under the keyboard. Yeah, exactly. Like, the keyboard would move. Like, taped to the bottom of the keyboard? Nope, just folded up and pressed down by the weight of the keyboard. Just a hundred singles. <laughs> just floating <laughs> under the keyboard? <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. And then he goes, oh, you're impressed by that? He takes out a book. He's got another stack, like a few stacks of hundreds in the middle of the book. And then he just started pulling random... Money is out from all over his room. Showing you is the weirdest part of that. Well, he's Italian. He's flexing on me. Yeah. Because he knows I don't have any money except for in my sock drawer. And the sack with the big dollar signs on it, that just had oranges in there. That just had oranges <laughs> that he would use to beat his mother with because it doesn't leave a mark. No, not his mother. Did you have any creative hiding places growing up or, or now? Where do you leave? Come on. I'm trying to get it out of here. Where do you Yeah, keep, you're not going to. There is some cash in here. I you, can smell it. You're not going to know where it is. I'm not going to tell anyone where that is. Which... Pearl Jam poster is the ah! safe. Which Pearl Jam poster is the safe hidden behind? Ah, that's funny. That is funny. I have some. I I have a I have a coin chest. How much money you got hidden in this apartment right now? <laughs> <laughs> I need a I need a Glock with the serial numbers scratched off uh, again. <laughs> again. Typical Rooney. Another Deb situation. <laughs> 
I got like uh, I probably got right now like six hundred in cash hidden in the apartment. There you go. But I pulled out a lot a while ago to put into crypto. Mm-hmm. But um, well, it's better to have it in something with inflation these days. That's right. They say inflate with inflation. If you don't put your money into something that's accruing interest, you're losing money. Literally, you're losing Literally money. Losing money. Yeah. So you want to take that money out? And we'll go put it into something. Uh, yeah, kind of. I don't a know. A little bit. You know, this is. Um, we're so far from the movie. So far from a windfall. Let's try to get back to this movie a little bit. I think we're right on point with okay. the movie. I don't know. <laughs> so did you read any reviews? Did you read the Rotten rotten Potatoes? Rotten Potatoes. We like the The Rotten Tomatoes. Did you see what it was? I looked it up. No. I was sort of surprised. Can I guess? Yeah, take a guess. All right. I always forget. Am I going for the critic or the people? It's the overall. So it's the aggregate. I'm going to go 67% positive. I think it's at 54. People are honest. And the audience was like 46. Because it's not that great. But I was surprised it didn't It didn't deserve that. If it was, this movie was two hours long, I'd hate it. But I'd be it, it, it's it. better than a lot of movies. I mean, yeah. it was pretty good. The scene when the gardener comes, that's tense. That whole thing is tense. I mean, that's suspense. What the hell do you want? You want that kind of suspense? Go watch Panic Room, David Fincher. Okay, I'd much rather watch that movie again than this movie. Oh man, I like this movie. Have you ever seen Panic Room? Yeah, I they think they keep I a have. lot of money in that house. <laughs> <laughs> again, in Panic Room, I have someone to root for. I have the mom and the daughter to root no, for. No, you. This movie, you're I don't supposed like to root for Jason Segel, 100. percent I don't know if you are. Yeah, but he's still a criminal. He's still breaking into some guy's house, terrorizing him and his wife. Like he, these things can't go but he's, unnoticed. It's, but it's Robin Hood. He's Robin Hood. Says who? Me. He's stealing from the CEO, <laughs> and he didn't want to cause any violence. He wanted literally no problems whatsoever. He tried to leave. That's most criminals. And so. then he sees the camera. Now here, here, if we could start talking about punching holes in this story, okay, in the common sense, because interesting, he comes back. He go. He goes to try to leave. He was happy with the cash that he found in the CEO's house. Yeah. He was going to leave. He took their cell like phones, five thou, something like that. Broke the uh, cell phones in half, threw them underwater, took their gun, didn't even take it with them, threw it in water, and left the premises. Locked them in a uh, a steam room that was out on the property. He goes out. He notices where he parked, which was uh, felt like a quarter mile, half a mile away. Seemed sort of far. And there's a freaking security camera built into the tree. Mm -hmm. He notices it. He goes, ah, shit, I can't leave. They've seen my face, wherever this is. At no point is the camera addressed later. He goes back, and then they become a negotiation about how much money he's actually going to get. And then they go, "Okay, we can get it for you, but it's going to be the next day." And that's where they have to, or they have to all spend the night in his sort of. They become hostages overnight. Yeah, but they never address that. Just because you made more money, what what's the deal with the camera? They never this was, fix the. This camera. was my take from that. He comes back after seeing the camera, and he's like, "What are we going to do about this? Because now I can't leave feeling safe about my." You know, about my outcome. And the CEO runs all these scenarios about how no one's watching that camera and all this, but you can't believe a word he says. Can't and, believe a word he says. And Siegel, whose his name is nobody in this film, nobody was right to not believe him. Nobody was right to not believe him, but here's where the CEO spits some truth is he was like, it's not like a 7-Eleven where you can go in the back and like take out a hard drive, which even that was like, I don't know if that's how the 7-Eleven security cameras work. But his point is that once something is recorded digitally, it's probably out there somewhere. And you're going to be able to track it down somewhere. So now, now that we know that there's really nothing we can do about the cameras, how much money do you need to feel safe about leaving where you can go create a new life? Because now Siegel can't just smash and grab this 5000 and probably go back to L.A. County. 
I don't imagine he's doing a cross-country trip to rob this tech mogul. Right. Um, and he had a car. I don't remember what the plates were. It wasn't a great car. But it oh, was, there was no front plate, actually. I, know, oh, yeah, I remember, remember that. I remember thinking, well, the plates are on it, and it was no front plate. But that's, right. I think California, you only have to have it in the back. He might have taken it off, too. Maybe. No, he didn't. It's he, in, there's, <laughs> no way, there's no way he did. It's in California. Well, because the way he was parked, I know there are some. there's a bunch of states, I think, where you don't have to have the you front. You only need to have it in the rear. The back. But, um, <clears throat> you know, he was parked up against some bushes. I like that little detail because... If someone's driving by, all they see is a bush, unless they happen to look out the window and be like, oh, no, there's a car parked in front of the bush. So now he's got no license plate on the front of the car. The license plate on the back is hidden behind the bush, whatever. Yeah. Um, and nothing reflecting off head- headlamps as they come because right, you're covered right, by the bush. Yeah. No, he yeah. did a good job parking. And no, and most of the movie, I think that he does the right thing, quote, like mm-hmm. the correct thing for the circumstance. That doesn't get them too close. Make sure they sleep in separate rooms with the doors open. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, he does all these things. He's not going to get fooled. Right. Although, you know, then there, you know, he, he suffers a downfall in the end, but he makes the right choices for the most part, but I thought the camera thing, okay, so he's making enough money to just disappear. Yeah, he's going to go, he's going to leave town, he's going to skip town, essentially. That's what I've assumed and yeah. start over somewhere else. Because they'll have 500,000 cash. Yeah, cash. Which huh? which apparently is in a duffel bag worth and he could carry that. Yeah. Well, I like that uh, Lily Collins had a hard time carrying it. I was like, that's a little allusion to earlier where he's like, do you know how much money weighs? You know what I mean? Shit like that. Yeah, but you know what I don't like then? All right, here's, here comes the end of the movie, but I don't know why I'm talking like this. Everyone should have here seen this Here comes the movie. end of the movie. Which I have a huge issue with because I hate the motif where it's a snow globe and they get hit over the head with a snow globe. Like It happens in so many movies and it's like, kill them in a different way for the love of God. She but, didn't, it wasn't a snow globe. No, it's just some piece of artwork. But yeah. I'm saying snow globe because it's it happens a lot with Citizen a snow Kane. globe. It's just it's often anyway. It's just an object in the a house, a big blunt object, a big right, and whatever. Fine. You want him to what? Choke him out? <laughs> You're not happy that she just goes for the easiest, most. Direct? Jason Siegel is how tall is he? Taller than you? I hope I I hope not. I'm six five. He's very tall. He's freakishly tall. And this woman could barely pick up the duffel bag. And she's short and petite. Uh-huh. She's coming outside. One blow knocked him cockeyed. One more blow, he's dead. If a, a, a short, petite girl comes over to you and tries to knock you over the back of the head, like she's coming from, she's not coming over the top of your head. Yes, she is. How? Because he's kneeling down, tying his shoe. Oh. Remember? Remember how he ties his... Sh- this is, there's one every podcast uh, that you do. There's every it. podcast we do. There's one huge <laughs> thing that you always miss, and you bring it up to be like, it makes no sense. Why would they do the thing with the butterflies? And I'm like, because the butterflies played a huge role early in the film, remember? Uh, well, you know what? I just hate the, I hate the snow globe thing. <laughs> I hate that it's the... We pick up the lamp and smash him over the head. It's just, you know, it's just, it's the same thing over I and over again. I was fine with that. Yeah, what I okay didn't like that? is like, why does this guy's shoes keep coming untied? <laughs> it happens like four times throughout the movie. Enough where you go, all right, this is going to play into the film somehow. But that's kind of, I, you know, I, I like that. I like foreshadowing. No, I like, I like it's foreshadowing. It's not so bad. It's not so, well, how come you I mean, can't it, remember? <laughs> it wasn't so heavy hand. No, you're right. He did bend down a, to tie yeah, his shoe. And he so literally, she when she lifts it up over her head... Because she is a little thing, but she's still got a big, heavy piece of plastic. Sure. You know, I mean, if he's bent over it, uh, that, forget she's my like, story. Ah! And she grunts, lifting it overhead. And he looks like he snaps his head to look at her, and she just bam. Wallop. Wallops him. And yeah, dude, two hits to the head with something like that, you're definitely dead, if not brain damaged. Now, before that, right before that is when um, nobody, Jason Siegel, has the money, and he can't 
resist. He can't has leave to, well enough alone. He has to go over and just say it to the CEO's face one more time. He doesn't um, admit any details. He doesn't say the exact company that he had lost the job. It's kind of assumed that he was displaced. But I don't, it's a, maybe it's assumed. But he never. He says you were right. You were I right. wanted to see yeah. how you lived because one of the the CEO earlier in the film proposes a few things. He's like, "What did you work for a company that used my thing and you got cut off? What did you just want to see?" How? So he kind of says, "Yes, I wanted to see how you lived." But I don't know if we get full confirmation where it's like, I lost my job because of you. Right. And you don't 100%. And I think yeah. that's kind of on purpose. Because, again, that was still Jason Siegel, the character, nobody, being smart, not giving any extra details yeah. to find out who I am. Uh, I, I get it. But in that, mo- in that time, it was enough time for her to find a, a piece of broken glass and get out of her restraint right. or whatever. But before he goes in there, she makes a plea... She pleads with him uh, to like on an emotional way to try to connect with the uh, captor, with the, the nobody, thief, with yeah. nobody. She's like, you haven't, cro- you know, what happened with the gardener was an accident. No, if no, anything. No. It's on the CEO. No, no, no. She goes, the tattoo was a rose. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And he goes, I don't give a shit. I don't fucking now, care. Is that what tipped her off or would she have killed him anyway because i don't know if he doesn't say that right there if he's kind to her in that moment yeah. maybe she doesn't kill him and I, w- I was curious if you thought that or not i think all right so that's kind of my problem because with that the end puts of this that film. puts her very much alone yeah so we we get a little diatribe from her in the overnight scene where she's like yeah i'm in this marriage and I kind of did it. Sure, I, like, uh, do I love him? I think so. But really, it put me in a position where I could do the things I wanted to do, which was philanthropy. And it's all its all fair to say. You get into a relationship with a billionaire, your yeah. life is going to change, period. Your life whether, is going to whether change. Whether or not your motivations are positive or whatever. Well, her motivations were like, I can help other people through this. Right. And like, is that such a bad thing? Was it worth it? Ask me in 30 or 40 years. I have to deal with this guy and he treats you like an object just in his world and all that stuff that goes along with being with someone with that wealth. But at no point in the, like she says she has her issues with the husband and clearly it's kind of a marriage maybe on the rocks or maybe by. Oh, definitely. By. um, Definitely. Not necessity, but just ease. What's the word? I'm not sure, but uh, what, I mean, they make that very clear that this is not, uh, I mean, first off, to doing this weekend away because it seems like she's threatening to leave. It, that's kind of what it seems like. And then also, he thinks they're trying to get pregnant. Meanwhile, she's taking birth control. Yeah. So it's very much established they're not on the same not page. Not a great relationship. I don't think it warrants her shooting this dude. Talk I, about crossing a line. She then, she gives this whole diatribe about like, you haven't crossed that line, blah, blah, blah. Then she crosses the line. She's the biggest opportunist of all of them. That's very true. Which I liked because that is sort of what it is. It's very much an American story, which is what I think they were trying to say in like the overtures, like the the subtlety of it, the the haves and the have nots. And then the, the literally the immigrants, the other people that are just get caught in the middle and the innocent bystanders, innocent bystanders. And then she, though, is the opportunist. Now, her situation also changed when nobody, Jason Siegel, tells the CEO that she's on birth control. Oh, that might have been up it. Up to that point, he doesn't know. Right. So I think he makes two errors there, The the Jason Siegel's character. Mm-hmm. First, he tells her to go fuck herself. So he abandons her. Now she's completely isolated. And then he goes and tells him that she's been taking the birth control pill. So she right. knows now, oh, there's no coming back from that with this guy. Yeah. 
Oh, that's a very good point, Mike. Yeah. Is that once he knows that he's probably even if they get out of this situation, okay. You don't. You don't really cut get out of my life, and yes. you're going back to being somebody's assistant. Yeah, probably. And you can divorce somebody on those grounds, like literally. Oh yeah, they're, they're lying about. You're, yep, yeah. you're married. You're and telling he's him. He's gonna lawyer up. He's got the fucking money. It wouldn't even go. To, she knows it wouldn't even go to that. Yeah, she'd be put yeah. away. Here's some money. Go away. That's very interesting. I hadn't considered that. I was a lot more just like, she's now had him. I've had it with both of these guys, kind of. Well, that opportunity's there. The opportunity's there. That's her. That's her windfall. I mean, right? Uh, Jason Siegel shows up, and this was interesting too. At the that's right. Of the movie, she gets the windfall. She gets. She the gets windfall. the fallen fruit because. Yeah, she gets out. She gets the opportunity to kill that guy. You She's going to get all his money. You could even She's argue. The wife. You could even argue that, like, when she hits Jason Siegel once, she doesn't have to hit him again. Now, maybe it's a, uh, maybe it's a mercy kill. No, you have to kill him again. Yeah, you have to kill him. I suppose so. If you're in her position, you have to kill him. I don't know if you do. See, if I'm Jason Siegel, once the gardener is dead, uh-huh. they all have to die. If it was you. If it was me, because how can you just leave them alive? They're going to come for you. It's over. You're not yeah. getting away with it. Now they have a body on their hands. But if all they have, well, first of all, f- fingerprints all around the apartment now at this point. You know what I mean? True. When he, when Jason Siegel, when the movie opens with him, he's just hanging out and he doesn't really take anything. And then he's about to leave. You remember that he's about to leave his hands on the door. And then he goes, he has that moment where he's like, well, fuck this. I'm here. Like, I'm going to rob the place, too. Yeah. So then he starts going through the place. He that's takes how he knows can. where the gun is. Yeah, that's how he knows where the gun is. He eventually gets the hidden cash from uh, Plemons, Jason, uh, Jesse Plemons. But like it, he eventually decides to rob them. But it, he kind of comes off as a criminal, though, originally, because he's wiping stuff down, pissing in the shower, as I mentioned. <laughs> Not a fan of that. That's the biggest crime, in my opinion. No, but you're right, because when they come unexpected into the house, all he wants to do is get the hell All out of there. All he wants to do is leave. So he was content with actually leaving with nothing. Yeah, pretty much. Or at least whatever rings and, sh- you know, he stole a little bit of stuff. He, he okay. found a little bit of cash. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah. That, that's true. It just became one thing after another. It all kind of uh, dominoed. It was a big domino effect where it just gets more and more. Now there's witness. Now they're witnesses. Now the gardener's a witness. Now he dies. How do I come to grips with that? But she... In my head, when she hits him with the piece of art at the end, yeah, she can easily just like untie the husband and then call the cops, and maybe Jason Siegel survives, maybe not. It kind of doesn't matter. But killing him outright is a choice that she makes, and then killing the husband, it's like you know she can frame it so that now she's the lone survivor. Oh yeah, but like. I don't know who is. Are there any good people in this film? I don't think any of these people are good. The the gardener was a very good. The gardener person. was a good dude. Yes, completely innocent in yeah. the and has no control over what's happening in his environment. Right. I get that. A little pushy. Sure. I got to show you right now. What's that? I got to show you this right now. <laughs> It'll only take two minutes. Oh, he, he built a beautiful garden with stones, and he wants to put an oak tree in the middle. I mean, just beautiful stuff. Gorgeous. You said you had a couple of uh, if it was me moments in this movie. Well, that's movie? what I'm saying. I, once that gardener is dead, you have to kill them all, I think. I, I don't know how you get away with it otherwise. Because they're going to pin that body on you. Yeah. You, yeah, they're not going to call the cops you, and be like, this guy broke in. The, the guy who's dead, actually a big mistake, big accident. Right, that was only an accident. No, like, no, that body's still... on you now. So now I at that point, you want to just kill the guy, the CEO, immediately. But maybe you can't because I didn't know about the drop-off thing, right? I wasn't sure, but then it turns out... What he, do you mean? The the money hadn't come yet. 
Okay. And right, when, when, and he when it to does, face. I didn't, I didn't know, but then it's clear that he didn't. It's yeah. a, they drop the duffel bag. She goes outside and she very smartly, cause a car drives by. And, and again, another tense scene that was good. And I was like, will she, will she won't she, yeah. won't he? And then the gate closes. Like, was no, she already planning on trying to make a move? You think when she saw the car and didn't like, was she like, she thinks about it. She definitely thinks about it, but she knows better. I mean, it's the same thing with, the reason the gardener got caught in is because uh, the CEO tries to make a, a way uh, for help. He writes call 911 where he's supposed to just sign a piece yeah. of paper authorizing the oak tree. And the wife is like, what's the matter with you? We were so close to being free. Yeah. You just jeopardized all. You just did all this. Stuff. I completely agreed with her in that situation. hundred percent. Like, Get this guy out of here. Yeah. So she knew the money's better, coming. She knew better again to not. Yeah. To not do it. I think she still killed two people. She still killed two people. She yeah. still killed two people. Yeah. And now I'm sure in her head she's rationalizing it by going, well, now I inherit all this money. Oh, she's got so much money now. I've got so much money. All I his can, money. I can continue this philanthropic she do, work. She can do anything she wants now. I can help out so many people. What are you dreaming about every night for the next 40 years? The husband who you shot in cold blood? I mean, I would... Jason Siegel deserved it way more than the husband did. Jason Siegel kidnapped these people, had a gun to them at moments, stole from them. Huge, like, this is... I know I you're saying you're supposed to root for Jason Siegel. This dude's a criminal home invader. She liked him. She goes, hey, the that the tattoo was a rose. They connected. I mean, ever since that conversation, it was kind of over. She was not the same to the husband. She wouldn't even sit at the table. The CEO's like, what was a long wrong side of the bed? She goes, is there a right side? I mean, she was already sort of detached from Well, him. he kind of put her up to that, though, the husband. Remember, he was like, you got to get close to him. Yeah, but they didn't do anything. I mean, I don't Siegel think he was, was like, fuck him. But Siegel, she's like, no, you that, need to- that's what that's what the CEO was saying. Uh, I think that was, was implied. I yeah. don't think. No, I don't think a kidnapping situation. Everyone's got to be in everybody's line of sight at all times. You think the husband's trying to convince the wife to fuck the kidnapper? I thought that was implied. Yeah, he's trying. No, I think he's saying like, you need to get close to him, make him see that you're a person, find out what you can about him. And let's see if we can manipulate our way out of this. Right. But Show he, some titty. All right. Well, that's what I know. <laughs> I, I literally, I, I, I think he was willing to, he doesn't, he didn't give a shit. Maybe he was kind of suggesting that. And that's why she's even more like, fuck yeah. you, put me at risk. Blah, and blah, she blah. tried. But and even you put me at emotional risk. She like tried that. though. And Jason Siegel was like, no, you stay over there. Yeah. He yeah. wasn't biting. And he was, he was too smart. And then he gives, she even gives him another look right before she goes into the bed and he yeah. looks at her and that was it. I, I think if he doesn't say shut the fuck up or I don't give a shit what you're saying, I think maybe she doesn't kill him. Maybe that, or maybe partially that, and added with the birth control thing, like you said. Because then there's no coming back. Because then it's like, oh, you, dude, you just fucking ruined what I got going on over And she here. hates, yeah, she hates her life with the guy. Yeah. It was the only opportunity she'd have. I mean, to take all his money. All these people are bad, in my opinion. Yeah. Maybe least bad is the tech CEO, I think. Least bad. Least bad. He's such a piece Obviously, of the sh- gardener is completely innocent. Sure. But, like... Again, automation is coming for all of our jobs. Does that mean the guys who are working in automation are evil people or are they just promoting the inevitable? It's just that attitude that comes with the money. Yeah, he's a prick. It's that attitude that he's your lives, any of your lives, you'd have are not worth my life. Well, the shit he says to Siegel, you're a nobody, you've done nothing, you'll never do anything, you can't even People sit around and go, "Why?" and I go out and do. Yeah, yeah. That's very, you know, there's a lot of but I I understand it when you have that type of power, but it's you're it's hard to also say he's a he's the best guy in the film. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't well, buy. There's only it. four. <laughs> there's only four people, so it's like a very small it's pool. That's true. That's true. I mean, 
before she kills two people, I would have been like, oh, of course she's great. She's a good person. She's into philanthropy. Right. And then she fucking... And again, Siegel hitting, killing Siegel, even in like passion of the moment, you've already hit him once. Right. He's probably, who knows, his skull you could be showing. You see and it's him like, start talking, you just hit him again. Yeah, you just hit him again. Yeah. But then to go over and shoot the husband. It was badass, dude. You could maybe. That was badass. I was happy she did it. Did I get a chub? Yes. But that's not the point. <laughs> She's a bad person. Yeah. Yeah. No, very opportunistic. Very opportunistic. Very opportunistic. Like, wouldn't you think that the CEO. It's like, babe, you were lying to me about birth control? You take birth control? It's like, I just saved our life, and I just saved you $500,000. Be like, all right, maybe I'll hold on to you for a little while. Maybe I owe you a little something. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or not. What if she went to go hit Jason Siegel with that piece of art, and he just ducked and was like, what the fuck is right? And then shot her in the head. You know what I mean? And now the CEO's like, why wouldn't you just let him walk out? We were free. We were safe. She could have done... Yeah, she... You're right. She's the most opportunistic person. Yeah, she she saw that and went and got it. Did she start cutting her her rope or wires, whatever it was, before Jason Siegel said he didn't give a fucking care in the world about her tattoo? Nope. Afterwards. After. So only after is she like, I need yep. to do something. Yep. Very interesting. I know. I think that line was pushed her over the edge. Yeah. Just could have used a little something in the first 45 minutes or first hour. To and get I, I get that. It's a little slow, a little slow on a build up. But I, I, I thought it was worth it to stick around. Uh, I, I read some of the read some of the reviews and a lot of them are using a word I'm not comfortable with, but it's Hitchcockian. But I get what they mean. I agree with that. I, and I uh, but that's why I liked it. I love those movies. Well, especially the shooting of it. I felt like like, again, Charlie McDowell, the director for using one set. He really does some great shots. Oh, it's it's really it's really good. I mean, outside of the one in the campsite, or not a campsite, but the, he has them in the two when they sleep over at night. They make a yeah, little, little fire. guest rooms outside or whatever. Yeah, the that, villas maybe the villas. Yeah, cause that that's the closest you get to anything. Otherwise, you're just on that property. Yeah, the whole movie. Yeah, the house and the property are pretty much also. They're like the fifth character in this film. Yes, right, exactly the setting because they go through the orange maze. A little bit of like the Shining chase. A little a bit, bit, yeah. And uh, also Godfather, when uh, Marlon, Marlon Brando drops dead in the <laughs> in the grove. Never seen it. Oh my god! Now I don't oh know. I don't know. I don't know if I'll have to see it. You just told me Brando dies in the orange grove. <laughs> <laughs> Classic rock. I there we go. Wanna rock and roll all night. More classic rock and everything. That's podcast. what this movie could have used. <laughs> <laughs> well, the soundtrack was, uh, I guess it's not really a soundtrack, but the music was, yeah, top notch. Yeah. No, there were certain things in this movie that were really fantastic. I, But I'd rather see Charlie McDowell do like a two and a half hour intricate proper noir film or proper thriller as opposed to all this sitting around clerk style. The whole movie's just conversations. Yeah, a lot of dialogue. Yeah, and within the dialogue though, they're talking about all this social stuff. Mm -hmm. They're talking about the haves and the have-nots yeah. and what money is and all that type of stuff. I don't need that all the time for movies too. Yeah. I don't need every movie to be referencing yep. the state of the current world. That's what we. This is the world we're living That's in. What we, don't look up that movie. Yeah, it's like it was. It was good. Mm -hmm. I'd say give it a stream. Yeah, I liked not that it. we're doing an episode, but yeah, like, yeah. But at the same time, it was so heavy-handed with the parallels to COVID, the parallels to Fauci. I didn't. I don't need to be beaten over the head with these. Uh, don't look up. Redeemed itself because it had a lot of jokes. In yeah, my it opinion. was joked. It, it was packed with jokes. So I say, okay, fine. If Jonah Hill, if, fucking great. If, if you're gonna give me jokes like that, then that's then you can. That's do. fair. Yeah. This movie, or yeah, or even in this movie, if they'd turned up the humor like twenty percent, 
Maybe. I th- it was pretty funny, though. It, it was, was dry funny. It was pretty, yeah, you very like dry. like that dry no. shit. Of course. I've seen you get a sandwich with mayo on it, and you'd be like, take it back. <laughs> <laughs> I, sal- I salt my chips. I salt my chips. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, not, but at the same time. My grandmother used to say, when you wake up hungover, uh-huh. what do you got? The hot toppers. Hot toppers means that your mouth is dry. You need to just put yeah, water yeah. on it. You got the hot toppers. Or uh, as in college, we'd say, you got flies in your mouth. Flies in your mouth. You wake, up, like a, you the, wake up with that. The old New York City. <laughs> <laughs> the old New York City heating systems where it's like if you spill water on the, uh, yes. the furnace, it just. I get that here. I get water condi- condensation Dude, right out of this. I, was, I shouldn't say this. I was someplace recently where there was a, a hot pipe running through the bathroom. And. Uh, I went to go take a piss and maybe I wasn't aiming where I thought I was aiming initially and I hit the pipe and my piss just started steaming and I was just like, you know, it smells like piss in here now because there's evaporated piss in the air. Oh my God. And that's hard to do when you're sitting down. I know. I always sit when I pit you <laughs> son of a bitch, Mike. Mike's sniping at me right now. Um, yeah, cool. I don't know. I'll keep an eye on this dude, Charlie McDowell, because he's clearly a talented director. Now, the guy who wrote this is the guy who wrote Seven. Is that accurate what yeah no yeah i thought jason siegel <laughs> <laughs> keep going i thought no. jason yeah. siegel and charlie mcdowell wrote this now is charlie did charlie mcdowell write write seven if he wrote seven i didn't see that on the resume and i'd be very surprised when did he direct it no david fincher directed seven that's one okay. of my favorite directors i okay. know All i know right. his movies so charlie mcdowell is the writer or just the director of this movie a little bit of both it's one of those things where like him this is like three writers on this i believe okay Mike is looking it up, everybody. Keyboard sounds. Keyboard sounds. So who wrote it? Written by Andrew Kevin Walker. You should really just look up who wrote seven. Now I got to look up who wrote seven. No, that that's the person who wrote it. But Did you ever watch seven? Yeah. I couldn't believe it at the end when we find out that's seven, eight, nine. fucking blew me away dude (laughs) it was seven the whole time (laughs) what's in the box what does spacey say when he walks into the police station what's in the box officer i don't know if he knows his name andrew kevin walker wrote windfall and he wrote seven yeah dude that's fucking wild windfall how an idea from jason siegel the writer of seven and a pandemic Spawns the Netflix thriller. Yeah, they oh, wrote, so okay. Siegel kind of had the idea, and then they wrote it together. Walker filled it out with. Uh, so that probably, dude. Thank God he was attached to this thing because I guarantee you, in the hands of a different writer, this movie's probably a lot lamer. Yeah, you know, especially because it's so dialogue heavy. And the big, you know, the big outcome at the end that reminded me of Seven too. I mean, you have to hang really on, well. You have to hang on the entire movie to get that big. Right, but Seven has great beats. Though. Oh, it's action. Seven is action throughout. I'm gonna watch that movie tonight. No, I'm not. I've seen it a hundred. I've seen it a lot. Though. It's that at, once once you get to the gluttony and the lust, I'm like, ah, this is enough for me. That movie is. I tried getting one of those made for me. The big penis <laughs> swords that he wears. Yeah, yeah, it's the penis sword, Dennis. That's what I'm. <laughs> that's what I was referring to. Well, that was the lust one. Oh yeah, yeah, and the gluttony the one. Gluttony that was is brutal. Like head down and I've been there before. Head down. <laughs> well, they Face down in a bowl of spaghetti. They just keep feeding them, but not enough that it'll die. The person just has to keep surviving eating tied to the bed. That's terrible. No, you're getting them mixed up. 
That was gluttony. Gluttony, he was at the table, and he had to eat until he, he ate until he did die. The guy who was strapped to the bed, oh, he had sloth. photos taken of him every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sloth. sloth. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, that movie's twisted, man. Great fucking movie. Some of Fincher's best work. Yeah, that's a brutal movie. Yeah, you know that they kept Spacey completely out of promos? They kept him out of public. Like, no one knew that was going to be Spacey at the end. And then the biggest surprise, Spacey's a pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> All right, should we wrap this up? I think we're there, right? Yeah, we hit it. Let's go. I got to pee. Follow us on Instagram at Netflix Book Club Podcast. Follow me on Instagram at Dennis Rooney 7. We'll be publishing the uh, list for the month of April in the next few days. Windfall. Windfall. Where can they find you, Mike? Underscore Mike Tui. Instagram, but follow the uh, follow the pod, rate, review, give us some five stars. Yeah, give us a review, give us a comment. We like to hear from you. Let us know what you've uh, watched, and that's it. Everybody, say goodbye. Yeah, let us know. Adios. Did you ever watch Seven? Yeah. yeah. I couldn't believe it at the end when we find out that's Seven, Eight, Nine.